Welcome to the 16th episode of the Create Stuff Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Saxon. A few quick things before we begin. I have a Patreon. Please consider supporting it if you're a fan of the podcast. Seriously, just a dollar a month helps me so much more than you can imagine. I really want to hire a editor for this podcast, if I can, especially now that I'm releasing episodes every Wednesday of Create Stuff and SCP Authors Anomalous, my other podcast. So if you're willing to donate any amount, that seriously helps me so much. But no pressure, just you being here, just you listening along helps so much. Consider leaving a like, comment, subscribing, doing all the little things you do. Leave a rating, follow me if you're on Spotify. Whatever it is you do on your platform, consider doing it. It seriously helps so much. And tell your friends about the podcast. If you think you know someone who might be interested, let them know. That is how these things spread. That is the best thing you could possibly do for me. Thank you so much. Really hope you enjoy the episode. Real quick, there is also some uh, music in the background at some points. These are Oliver Buckland's tracks that he gave me permission to use. If you hear music come in in the background, like fade in, it, that's, it's there. It's like you're not going crazy. It's actually there. Enjoy. Welcome back to the 17th episode of the Create Stuff Podcast. Today, I am joined by Oliver Buckland. Hello. Sorry, you, <laughs> you, you cut out there for a second on my end. God damn it. We've got to do it all over again. <laughs> Lights. <laughs> oh god, alright. <laughs> we'll no, this is perfect. This is perfect. This is exactly what we expect out of this podcast. What a, a perfect intro. Oh my god. I'm gonna move I'm gonna move my mic slightly closer. There we are. Is that any perfect, better? Perfect. I shouldn't cut out that is... so much. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. That was a little bit weird. If what you have noise disaster. suppression turned on on Discord, <laughs> <laughs> you probably you probably came through on your end, all right. So that's okay. Well, we shall see. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I'll message you if I need you to say hello to me again and send me the audio <laughs> file. <laughs> okay. Well, we're a minute and twenty seconds in, and I still don't know what you do. So, Oliver Buckland, who are you? <laughs> um, I, I, a... I know what you do. Well, well. I barely know. I barely know what I do. Um, I'm a composer <laughs> based in London. I do a lot of random freelance work. People may know me as the composer who works on the Ina series for Joel G. Yeah. All right. I think that's how I found you initially. Was from uh, the Temptation Stairway OST. Love mm. that soundtrack. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. So start from the beginning. How did you get started with music? I started piano lessons when I was like three, and then was a choir boy for what, eight years? And then I went to like a music school, and then I went to a music college, like a, like a, like a conservatoire. So it's kind of been like super intense music all the way, boom, 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 all the way up. I, uh, yeah, right. I was originally like a, a pianist, and then kind of just before I went to university, um, switched to composition. I see. Okay, okay. What made you switch to comp-, comp? Wow. What made you switch to. Good God. Let's try again. <laughs> You'd yeah. think I would know how to say words it's after right, doing a right, podcast yeah. third, for this long. <laughs> third time. Third time's the charm, baby. Okay, okay. What caused you to switch to composition? <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, so awkward. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. Well, I'll believe it in. <laughs> um. I suppose it comes from a desire to kind of like make my own rules rather than follow them. Um, I enjoy being Ooh. creative. I like making things. Yeah, creating stuff. Well, yeah. Yeah. And whether that's music or, you know, crappy digital art, I, I just prefer making things than following instructions. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. 
Well, tell me a little bit about your music specifically. What sets your music apart from a lot of other people's? You got kind of a distinctive style going oh on. Oh my god, it's the dreaded question. I'm still trying to figure <laughs> that out myself. Um, it's so hard to answer that question um, because it's <laughs> it's difficult to self-analyze. I find it. Oh, I find that really difficult to answer. What makes my music different? Um, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, a lot of people like uh, I've seen a lot of people label it as internet core or web core. <laughs> yeah, which is really funny to me. Like weird core and <laughs> web core and ena core. I mean, it's just whatever the hell it is. Um, we're all the product of our experiences and our values and everything that's everything that we've experienced in our lives sets us up to who we are right now and that particular mix of experiences makes me who I am. Um, but I couldn't tell you exactly what that is. I'm, you know, deeply inspired and, and influenced by classical music, but my music is, is far from classical. I want my music to be interesting above anything. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, I, I feel like the ultimate failure is for music to be boring. Um, whether pe- if people hate my music, that's much better than them finding it boring. So uh-huh. I, I think maybe that drives me as to like how I might write something, but th- d- defining what that is is. I feel like I feel like everyone other than me would do a better job at defining what my music is. <laughs> That's fair. That's often how it is with creating things, you know. Yeah, but I. I, I do want to try not because people are like, oh, your music's a bit like this, or it's a bit like that, or it's this particular thing. And whilst that's kind of interesting on a surface level, I try not to think about it too much because I don't want it to change the way I write. I'd rather just like continue as I'm as I am right now and see how mm-hmm. maybe that develops. Cool. I think that's a great way to go about it. But it wasn't it wasn't a very concise answer, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I totally get it. I mean, like, you really don't need to be like it's this type of music, you know? <laughs> people are gonna. I feel like if people people are gonna listen to your music and think that's what honestly, like, your style is so distinct. Giving it a label just is like difficult and unnecessary. Unnecessary. Like, I can listen to one of your songs and be like, that sounds like an Oliver Buckland song. You know, that's good enough. If anything, I think that's way cooler than just being able to say, like, oh, that's rock, or that's, like, electric. Well, thank you. I, yeah, I I don't know what it is. I don't know what, I, it's just really difficult for me to kind of know what it is that makes my music sound like my music, because I am me, and so I'm, I'm, too, <laughs> I'm too close to, I'm too close to the case. I have no idea what I'm fair talking enough, about. Fair enough, <laughs> That's okay, that's okay. Uh, well, let me ask you then. Uh, if you can answer this question, what do you do differently from other people when you're making your music? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I just, <laughs> I just, I just do what I do. Um, I suppose I try, an element of, of writing, I, I try not to sound like other people, but I don't try too hard at that. I just, I, I don't know. I just, I just try and do, um, my own thing and keep working on something until it sounds right to me. Mm-hmm. What sets me apart, man? That's going to bug me all <laughs> night. I'm going to be like lying in bed. Like, <laughs> what, what does set me apart? And I feel like it's just everyone, everyone will have their own ideas on what music should be or can be. 
what sounds interest them. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if they want to say something specific with their music, and everyone's going to differ from that. And I think, I think I want to, I want my music to have like a certain level of complexity and like layers to uh-huh. it that you can enjoy. So you can enjoy it on a very surface level. I want it to be like accessible to almost anyone, and that's that's quite important to me. But whilst uh-huh. whilst it remains accessible, I don't want that to kind of like what's the word get in the way of like artistic integrity. So to me, a successful piece is one that can be enjoyed by multiple people on different levels. So maybe like first level, oh that sounds cool, I enjoy it, and then maybe a second mm-hmm. level is oh he's doing he's he's maybe referencing this sort of sound or this sort of type of music, and and maybe the third level is oh there's. I don't know, this interesting timbre, and this is a weird way to use a piano, that's interesting. And maybe even a, another level to that, which is, oh, he's hiding this message here, and this might mean this, uh, if I'm making any sort of uh-huh. sense. No, no, that makes complete sense. That's actually a really interesting way to describe it. One of my composition teachers referred to it as kind of um, a Simpsons approach. Like, you can enjoy the Simpsons on so many levels. Colours and shapes um, that can be enjoyed by, like, young children maybe there's some slapstick maybe that's fun um but then as you get a bit older you start to kind of understand the jokes and and it's it's well written and it's well voice acted and that's enjoyable on that level then you might Mm -hmm. enjoy it on kind of like um like biting satire and criticism of like current events and then finally there's like meta levels where they'll make like super complicated math jokes which almost no one will notice but a very small subsection of people will find hysterically funny i like that um kind of approach to art because there's no correct way of enjoying um say an episode of the simpsons but that you can enjoy it on those levels and the more you put into it the more you'll get out of it Uh uh-huh wow that is incredibly interesting actually never heard about that other people probably use much better terms to describe this, but that's just the, the, the way I think about it. I think it makes complete sense. I, I understand 100%. So yeah, I guess that's um, I guess that's sort of my approach to, to music. I, the things that I'm pleased with tend to follow that, what would you call it? Um, philosophy. Okay, okay. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let me ask, what other artists, like, uh, inspire you? Like, really, a really random mix. Um, and what tends to happen is I'll like specific pieces by a specific composer and then kind of not respond maybe quite as much to their other stuff. Um, so I really like the minimalist composers Steve Reich and uh, Philip Glass. There's this really interesting electronic artist called uh, Ryoji Ikeda, who mm-hmm. I've probably mispronounced his name terribly, so I apologize <laughs> in advance. Um who does really interesting work with like just sine waves and noise and kind of sonification of data. And that it's nothing like my music, but it's interesting in that it kind of made me think about what music can be or could, Mm -hmm. what you can make into music. I mean, I, I grew up listening to a lot of game soundtracks, so really like uh, Jeremy Soule's music for for Skyrim and um, Oblivion. 
Mm-hmm. God, I should have prepared this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's I, should, okay. I should have this list ready, and I'm just like, oh God, I've got to remember all these people. <laughs> um, but, I'll but, cut out all the silence and stuff, so don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to wait 20 minutes whilst I just Google everything I've ever listened to. Um, <laughs> early on, and, and still a bit to this day, I like listening to really random stuff on SoundCloud, because I think it's quite a good place to find really hidden away gems. Um, there was mm-hmm. this, There's this guy called Rory Smith, and I he's super not well known. Um and he made this album, and I don't think you can even find it online anymore, um, called 30 Pieces in 30 Days. And uh, it was made mostly out of distorting a piano in really, really creative ways. And that was enormously inspiring to me as a kid, because it made me think, oh, that's... It, it, was, it was just about thinking about what you could do, how much... What, what am I trying to say? How many sounds you could get out of a piano, for instance, like seemingly uh-huh. infinite amounts and that kind of made me do basically exactly the same thing with my albums 10 20 and 30 which were each piece was individually made in under 12 hours completely and utterly ripping him off <laughs> i mean i told him about it but he's, he's kind of i i have haven't been able to um contact him so but uh yeah i really want him to release his his album publicly it was it was really really cool and really really inspiring. If you're listening, Rory Smith, hey man, release <laughs> your stuff. I want to hear it. Tell me, message me about it, and I will put a link to it in the description. If you ever do release it, I um, love searching for really small, interesting stuff like that. Never got on SoundCloud to do it, but honestly, that sounds like a great place for it. I can. Pr- I mean, it feels so th- special. There'll be a few. I think a few of his tracks were hosted on other YouTube channels, so I might be able to find a few of them. Um, but uh, uh-huh. I'll, I'll talk about that some other time. I mean, I've, I've, I managed to save all of his um, his tracks before they went down. So I've still got them, but they're not like hosted publicly online. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Okay. So you said game soundtracks influence you specifically, right? Not specifically, but, but they do. That makes a lot of sense to me. I'll tell you what I've listened to from you. I tried to listen to as much as I could. I listened to, of, of course, everything in ENA. Um, and I've listened to, I think, most of 30, but, uh, I kind of, it reminds me of old school, like, game sound, sort of? Like, it has that kind of sound font, if that makes sense? Yeah, I mean... I'm not sure if you, like, played that up for ENA specifically. I kind of just did my own thing, really. Um, I was, mm-hmm. it's, I was really, really lucky. Joel was just, well, he, he gave me so much freedom. He was like, yep, just... I trust you with this, just make something and we'll go over it and then change things if, if we need to. And the, I made only one change. Okay, well actually tell me a little bit more about what it was like to work on ENA then. Well, I'm st- it's still, it's ongoing actually, because um, at the moment the team's working on uh, a game called Dream Barbecue. Oh yes, I just watched the teaser this morning, so <laughs> excited for that. Um, again, I, I feel like incredibly lucky because Joel's just, just giving me excellent freedom um sounds great i mean he'll, he'll say i I'm, he might say i want something a bit like this or a bit like that but he kind of trusts me enough to just sort of make something and it will probably be near to what's needed and then maybe some changes will be made mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but yeah it was the, the whole the whole inner thing just came out of nowhere um what was it two years ago was it a year and a half? I don't even remember the timeline, but um, 
I just got an email from him completely out of nowhere just saying, oh yeah, can I, can I maybe use your music in, in, a, in an animation? And I was like, yeah, okay, fine. And then it just exploded in popularity and um, the number of plays I had was in the low thousands and it's now, you know, quite, quite a lot higher than that now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, which is really <laughs> strange. Um, and I'm still kind of, I'm still trying to work out how I feel about it. Really? What was your like uh, initial reaction? I mean, of course, it's delight, and I'm like, wow, yeah, that's that's really cool that loads of people are listening to my music. And then I'm like, oh my god, loads of people are listening to my music. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a fraud. Why why are they listening to this? There's so much better stuff out there. So there's all the, there's all the thoughts of what's the word like um, imposter syndrome and 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 like confidence stuff. Um, but I think that happens to to most people. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But I mean. I'm I'm super grateful that it's happened, but also I feel this pressure to make stuff that's at least as good or better than than what I've done before, um, and that's tricky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of of course, um, <laughs> I'm probably being way too putting too much pressure on myself, even thinking that. But I don't know when when my audience jumps from a few thousand to you know hundreds of thousands. Um, I want to you know still create good stuff. Right, right. 100% understandable. Okay, here's something I kind of want to ask. So here, this is where my lack of uh, understanding of mu- the music creation process comes in. I have a, I have like, I was into high school marching band. I was pretty dang good at the marimba, but that's where my music knowledge ends. I, have, I know nothing gang. about... Uh... <laughs> I play the marimba. <laughs> Woo! Oh, let's go, yeah. fellow marimba man. <laughs> Oh man, I love that instrument so much. I was still, I would so keep doing it in college if I could afford thousands of dollars. It would require for me to buy one. Oh, There's that's the... a that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, I want to retire and just play marimba all day long. That is, that's my goal. Not... <laughs> it's on there. It's on there. I mean, like once I have a house of my own, I one of the first things I'm doing is saving up for a marimba, and putting it in the basement. I want one of those. I love those things. That's so much. So fun. But, um, yeah, I don't know much about, like, mixing or making, uh, like, composing. Mm. So, let me, okay, I think, I think specifically in Hourglass Meadow, a good yeah. example of this is, like, okay, a lot of your music has this kind of, like, oh, I don't know how to describe it. It's, like, not distorted, but, like, a little bit crunchy, I guess, <laughs> feel to it. Like, it feels purposely, uh, like the, like the, the, um... Like the backing uh, drum, wow, everything escaped me. The percussion, like the uh, the audio feels a little like uh like the quality is a little bit less low, but like yeah. on purpose. If that I'm makes just, sense. I'm just jumping over to listen to it myself, just to bloody remind myself. I I don't know yeah. if I'm making sense at all here. So no, I mean the drums in our glass meadow are a bit like um distorted and and chopped up. Uh, that was yeah. I wanted that, to ask about that. I mean that was done. One, because I quite like the sound, but also to um, kind of evoke this you know, old game feel. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, by, what I, that's what I thought. I wanted to lead into that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just s- at least slightly referencing that sound world of, of, um, of old games whilst also doing something a little bit of my own style, I suppose. Mm-hmm, like the, the PS2's uh, Dreamcast style soundtracks. Lots, lots of nostalgia there. 
Oh yeah, okay. Is that like would you is that something that inspires your music in general or is that something you did just for Temptation Stairway? Um I wouldn't be surprised if it sort of subconsciously inspires me. I, I, I don't know how... It's really... I don't even remember what I was thinking when I wrote this. Um, <laughs> it has been a bit. It's, I just can't remember exactly how I was approaching it, but I do remember um, wanting to slightly reference, you know, old game music, but not, not too much. <laughs> I think uh, Temptation Stairway has that whole... Like, just ENA in general has the feeling of, like, a, a an old game. It's uh, obviously made to feel that way, which is what makes it so cool and unique. I think your soundtrack plays into that perfectly. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So that's what you were going for? Yeah, I yeah, I wanted to go for something that, you know, one, would fit, two, would sort of reference this, this sort of old game feel that, that the animation has, but then three, just to have fun with it. Yeah. I... I I'm largely led by fun in music. I, I, it's usually a good sign when, um, when I, I usually like laugh quite, I try to make myself laugh when I'm writing. Um, <laughs> cause I find, I find that a good metric to be like, okay, yeah, this is, if, if I find this slightly amusing, it's probably going to be received a bit better by like a first time listener. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense, but. No, it definitely does. It definitely does. It's nice to hear that you're having fun while you're making music, honestly. Well, some, I think that's great. It, it comes through a sometimes. lot. I, mean, I can definitely uh, hear the experimentation. Sometimes it's like, oh, yes, I'm having loads of fun with it. But a lot of the time, it's like when I'm starting, I'm like, oh, why, what am I doing? What, how am I going to do this? This isn't the right sound. And then <laughs> kind of after bashing my head against a wall for a few hours, it's just like, ah, oh, yes, okay, this. and then, And then I kind of run with it. Okay, okay. Actually, that kind of leads into a, a, another question I have. Yeah? This is, a, this is a good one. Can you tell me about the process of making a song? Both your creative process and the physical fo- process. Oh, man. Um, I think it depends every time. Um, there's, there's no, like, exact formula I use. Um, but a lot of my music is made... Um, by starting with what sound world I like, what sort of what sort of synths, what sort of harmony I want, and I'll generally mm-hmm. just like mess around. In um, uh, I tend to use FL Studio as my main DAW of choice, and I usually just play around until I'm like, ah, okay, yes, I like that sound, and so I'll I'll save maybe that sound and, and play like a small melody on it or something. Keep it to one side, move on to another sound. And when I find something I like, I'll keep that to one side. And slowly, um, things will build up and, uh-huh. and start to make some sense. And I'll start with like a, a little like fragment of, of, of music and listen to it over and over and over and think, okay, where should it go from here? What feels natural? Where do I feel this going? And how is it going to develop? Um, I, think, I think I'm getting a bit better at like structuring my music better because the the trap that's really easy to fall into is just to write more and more new material um as you go rather than kind of like reining yourself in and maybe having a little theme that comes in at the beginning and then in the middle that sort of thing um Mm -hmm. but again i it depends sometimes i will sit down and start and quite quickly um put some material together and other days it will take me weeks it, it's it there's no pattern to it and th- these people talk about you know 
some people who just sit down and just write a whole piece and they, they dreamt a piece and they sat down and whoosh, there it was. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm inclined to believe they're liars. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, there's, there's no shortcut, really. It's, it's just bloody hard work um, to get anything done um, artistically, whether that's music or, or fine art or any, any other form artistic endeavor um you can, oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. can only start doing things quickly when you've spent ages learning how to do it at all right you know? right okay so how do you come up with ideas for songs usually it'll just sort of arrive after messing around with a synth that i like sometimes i dip into this uh, notebook i have which um which has a bunch of melodies in where i like i force myself to write in pen so it's much worse if I make a mistake. Um, I've, and I dip into that when I'm really stuck. Um, but you'd think I could answer this more easily. I st- I'm still not sure. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I think it's easier if I'm writing for something. So with mm-hmm. um, with Temptation Stairway, um, for instance, I had you know hourglass meadow a bunch of sort of block colors which were which were bright and vibrant and so i wanted you know the, the piano to reflect that but also to have like an aspect of um, something being mildly unsettling so i wanted to maybe mm. put that in the harmony so i, I suppose that 100% shows that helps is in like having something to write for helps me make decisions on what the music should be doing or how it should do what it does um and for like Dead God Graveyard, which was like the the final sequence before the credits, um, you know, I wanted something dark and ominous and sad and mysterious, and I wanted you know, even just those emotions helps me decide kind of what sounds I should be using, what if <laughs> if anything, what melodies I should be using. Um, mm-hmm. But when I expand I'm, on that a little bit, what would you say? Oh, I'm sorry. What were you about to say? Oh, I was just going to quickly mention that when I'm making like a piece that's standalone and entirely driven, <clears throat> you know, by me thinking I want to write a piece of music, but not having a really defined mental image, that's sometimes a lot harder mm-hmm. because I'm. It's like having a blank page and just being like, well, where, where do I start? One hundred percent understandable. Sorry, you. I interrupted you. No, you're all good. I actually interrupted you, but <laughs> uh, I was going to say, could you tell me a bit more about like uh, composing based off of emotions? Like what would, what about Dead God Graveyard did you put into it to make it have that more ominous, uh, sad atmosphere? Grim <laughs> well, I feeling. put, um, I put a cathedral bell in um, sort of halfway Always through helps. to try and, well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a graveyard of gods. Um, so... You know, it's already pretty dark thematically. Um, interestingly, uh, Joel told me some some more background information about the location, which I will Ooh. not be sharing here. He's quite secretive uh, about it. Yeah, um, and you got me so excited there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, that helps me kind of decide. Okay, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Um, so we've got this low. It, it's not very easy to tell, but it's actually me throat singing, slightly pitched down. Oh. <laughs> Just kind of, um, and having gentle um, uh, piano above. Um, I thought would be like a good way to, you know, 
ease people in. And then I reference like a previous uh, previous track uh, called Backroom Labyrinth. Um, oh, Backroom Labyrinth. I yeah, think that's one of your most popular tracks, isn't it? It is, and I... oh, <laughs> That really bugs me. <laughs> I was ne- really? Yeah, I was never going to release it. Um, the only reason it ever saw the light of day is because um, f- um, uh, Joel asked me if there was any like stuff I hadn't released that he could listen to. And um, Backroom Labyrinth was, was, a, was amongst it. It didn't have a title at the time. And he was like, <laughs> yes, I want to use that. And it wasn't finished. Like the last maybe maybe 30 to 40 seconds didn't exist. Um, and I... It's not that I hate the track or anything, but it's it was something I made genuinely in like two hours maximum. Um, and I was like, okay, uh-huh. this is just a fun little test. I've got like loads and loads of these random um, tests that I've never published because I don't like them or they're not finished or I, I just don't know how to sort of develop them into something bigger and Background Labyrinth was one of these and the last uh-huh. 30 to 40 seconds are generated by AI. Really? Yeah. How does that work? So I used um, uh, a neural network uh, called Jukebox. It's made by OpenAI um, I find it really fascinating how the, the way that it can generate something that sort of makes musical sense it's trained on like millions of songs and it uses the patterns it finds from these songs to inform how it generates you know the end of of backroom labyrinth and in a way it felt like i'm kind of it feels like i'm stealing from millions and millions of people the the, the (laughs) patterns from their songs and i i was i was quite interested in kind of like music ownership and when and like all of that at the time so i thought i'd just you know quietly generate generate it with ai and see if anyone noticed for a really long time nobody uh seemed to but recently a few people have been like this sounds like jukebox and the jig is up they found me out (laughs) you got cut yeah that's cool though that's like incredibly interesting i Open AI, like just all the stuff they make, interests me so much. Yeah, I can't decide whether I'm. I mean, I'm. It's very exciting, but I'm also quite spooked by it. Like, that's understandable. Because when, when, if ever, will there come a time when the music becomes so convincing that um, you know it threatens the the livelihoods of of, of artists and composers alike? I mean it. It, I, I have no idea what the answer to that question is, but I suppose... That is I, a scary I wanted, Well, it is scary, yeah, but I, I wanted to sort of check it out to see how good it was just to kind of understand it better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do, you think, uh, do you think if it were to get to that point, it would, like, devalue music made by humans? I mean, you say that now, but, you know, we've got the whole issue with Spotify sort of commodifying music as if it's you know, something on tap. The Mm. amount that I get paid per stream on Spotify is, you know, shockingly little. So, I mean, it it would be... Yes, it could devalue music even more. Um, Maybe it wouldn't. I I just don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I also don't know what the solution to that problem is, because 
Spotify is undeniably very, very useful and helpful for people who are looking to, to play music immediately. But, you know, it pays artists um, really poorly. Uh, right. And so, you know, other revenue streams need to be found. I'm not sure where I'm going with this. I'm kind of like going off on a bit of a tangent. <laughs> no, no, no. This is interesting. This is interesting. This is like, this is where the best stuff on this podcast comes out. Like these really interesting questions. <laughs> Yeah, me thinking too. That's good. I love that. It it just bugs me that Backroom Labyrinth of all things has become my most popular track because it's like <laughs> the thing I spend happen to spend the least amount of time on ends up getting like millions of plays. Seems like that's always how it goes with creators. Oh, it always goes that way. And then like things that I spend <laughs> ages on that's just like yeah, a bit of interest and <laughs> more like minor <laughs> ambivalence. Ah, whatever. <laughs> Okay. One actually, uh, I will say, when you started, when you talked about Dead God Graveyard and how you got that feeling, that was interesting as hell. So if we could do that a little bit more, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, sure. Maybe some other tracks. Um, there's a there's a there's a there's a secret no one's actually discovered yet in Dead God Graveyard, oh. um, which I'm I'm I've been patiently waiting to see if anyone notices, and they haven't yet. They've come close, but they haven't noticed it yet. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're listening, then. Uh, Go hunt for that. Yeah, go go hunt from for stuff. Dang. Okay, that's exciting. I might have to look into that myself. I love stuff like that. But m- people have found almost everything. But like, there are a few little things that are still quietly just hidden away because I find that super fun. Not yeah. Like, do you hide stuff in your music a lot? All the time. I've been doing it for years. Um, awesome. Just it's sort of as a. I just find it a, a fun little way to um, amuse myself whilst also. You know, when finishing a track, I tend to, like, see if I can sneak something into it. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Uh, do you think you could take me through Hourglass Meadows like how you did with Dead God Graveyard? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit harder to do it with Hourglass Meadow, but harmony-wise, um, I kind of wanted to go for something that was bouncy and happy with a twinge of, like, um, something that's unsettling. Um, mm-hmm. the middle section of the 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 piece, the um bum 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 bum, um, that actually came from um a completely unrelated uh track that I I had lying on my hard drive because sometimes I I try and like get something done in an hour just to like force myself to actually write something because I I struggle with like motivation so sometimes I'm like right I've got to do something in an hour. And most of them, um, you know, are pretty terrible, but that one of them was all right. And I kind of just popped it in the middle of Hourglass Meadow and it was thematically appropriate. Changed a little bit, but it kind of fit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One thing I found very interesting about Hourglass Meadow is it kind of has like this, it definitely has like a progression. Like you can feel it get more, you can feel how it like changes as it goes about, you know? Like it's not just a simple loop. I'm just listening back to it again because I always forget. I'm listening to it right now, too. <laughs> and hopefully our audiences as well. I mean, I had a rough cut of the um, of the animation already when doing this, so I kind of wanted to time certain things, such as walking through the archway. I wanted that to move into a new section. Um, mm. uh, and then kind of like um, when you're sort of near, near the end, I add kind of... Uh, it, it sounds like the beginning, but I add this kind of... <laughs> jumping from ear to ear just to kind of like 
I try not to ever exactly repeat something um, uh-huh. in my music, just because I feel like that's... I, I just hear too much stuff that's like an exact repeat or an exact loop. I think um, just very slightly changing something so that it adds maybe a new layer or maybe changes what you've heard originally is... It's just a, it's a, it's a cheap and easy way of making something feel, continue to feel fresh when listening through a track. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It makes it a lot more exciting, a lot more fun to listen to, right? Like you said earlier. But again, I mean, all of my opinions and philosophies on what music should be are my own. They are, they are arbitrary. They are wishy-washy. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not like, no one's ever objectively correct about anything when it comes to artistic opinion. It's also like up in the air. Right, right. Still very interesting to hear what you think, though. I can definitely see your philosophy on a lot of your tracks. Or hear it, I guess I should say. Phew. <laughs> Do you have another track that you think you could go through kind of like you did with uh, Dead God Graveyard and Hourglass Meadow? Another one that would be particularly good for that. Just pick one. Pick a random one that you've listened to. Oh, okay, okay. Because you usually I'll, I'll try and write with intent, so I should be able to talk about it a bit. Uh, okay. What about your second most popular track, Ikosa? <laughs> or Ikosa? I don't even know how to pronounce that one. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying Ikosa, but, you know, <laughs> you can pronounce it how you like. <laughs> um, so that started out um, with me just doodling on the piano um, and then speeding it up into this, like, overly kind of saccharine uh, track. Um, I think on the uh-huh. surface level, it's supposed to be like, look how bouncy and, and sort of in your face I am, but sort of behind the scenes, it's a bit like, oh, something's wrong. Something's slightly off. Um, Ooh. But, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, um, I was trying to, I was trying to make myself laugh when writing it because I, I was just trying to think of like a melody that was, that was fun and, and, and bouncy, but slightly weird. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, the, the, beginning and the end of the piece are, you know, kind of whatever. But that middle section um, is absolutely bananas. It just goes, it's a super fast melody that you wouldn't normally hear in a track like that, which was quite deliberate because I thought, let's let's break up these two sections with a really weird and intense middle section going through a bunch of different chords with a with a melody that is actually, it is technically playable. It's just very difficult to play. I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> I, I originally I'd love to play that on Rimba. That, oh, that would be really hard, especially because I've tuned it so it's in, it, it's in, it's in F quarter flat sharp major. Oh God. <laughs> Calm down, jeez. <laughs> F quarter flat major. Yeah, F, F Quarter flat sharp major, so it's like slightly less oh. than F sharp major. Flat sharp. <laughs> I don't. I, that's probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would you call that? Oh F, my god. You'd call that F. Oh, I Look, don't man, really know. I I hit the I hit the funny wooden bar and it makes sound. <laughs> I like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so originally okay. it was an E major, but um. Something I do quite often is I will listen back to the track and be like, "Do I do I like it in this key? Do I, should it be in a different key?" And occasionally I'll change that. And my favorite key for this one to be in to be was was F sharp major. But in order to kind of like 
reinforce this slight weirdness, I detuned it slightly. So you can't play along with it on a piano unless you detune the piano. And that's something I do quite often, is I, is I mm-hmm. detune. So Hourglass Meadow, that's detuned. Um, uh, and and I, just, I just find that quite fun. And I think that yeah. will help set it apart from something else in the playlist. Because if you're listening to something that's, you know, in standard tuning A equals 440, and then you switch to, you know, one of these weird tracks of mine that's not in 440, you'll be like, whoa, what's going on? Your ear will automatically be like, whoa, what is this? Uh-huh. Super interesting. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I, I honestly, like, it's very interesting to hear you talk about, like, the, the what you're going, like, what, what kind of mood, what kind of feeling you're trying to give with these tracks, and then, like, listening back to them, because you could totally hear that in it. It's super cool to me. I love that stuff. Thanks. I mean, it's, it, although I might be going for a, a, a certain type of emotion, like, I'm not always going to succeed at that. And if, you know, because it makes you happy, like, overall, and you didn't get that kind of, like, slightly off vibe, that's fine, too. And there's no, like, correct way to listen to it. It's just kind of, like, a starting point for, like, how I might write something, but that doesn't mean, like, it objectively is that thing. Right, right. I, I, I hope I hope that makes some sort of weird sense. <laughs> I think it does. I think it does. It's also, it's really strange that um, the, the, the 30 album of all things got really popular because they're they're really fast sketches, um, most of them. So I'm, they're not stuff I could really like spend time with and work over and make into something <laughs> I was really pleased with. So sure, I'm really grateful and like happy that people are even listening to my music at all. <laughs> but I find it like irritating <laughs> that it's, all, it's always the stuff I didn't spend much time on. I'm like, ah, it's gotta be, it's gotta be better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, let me ask, what else have you, what else have you published? Because I'm looking at your albums on, um, on SoundCloud right now. I only see, uh, the 30, the 10, 20, and 30, and your, this new C EP. Oh, this new C, that was something I did back at school. Um, that's quite a strange one. Um, I like, I like it, but it's, um, that will be a bit less accessible, I think. And that's, um, that's kind of a... Uh, well, the technical term apparently is um, sort of classical post-minimalism, which is one of these terms that sort of means nothing, but it's... <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of words. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a piece... This new C is, a, is an old, old piece I did, um, which uses the pitch of um, people's voices to define what the melody is. So... Um, it's in three movements, and it's about the space race. So the first... Uh-huh. What is it? I'm going to have to look it up. The first um, track is... Uh, we choose to go to the moon. Yeah, so it's um, JFK giving us a really famous speech at um, in, in Rice University in Texas, I think. Um, and he talks about why do we climb the highest mountain? Because it's there, and the moon and the stars are there. We choose to go to the moon, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. But the way he says it, he says it with a really particular pitch. He goes, we choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. And so I chose the da as a melody to use in the piece. And then have, uh-huh. and I do the same thing for movements two and three. The second one's um, the direct audio of the moon landing, and then the third movement is um, 
Ronald Reagan's uh, address at the end of uh, end of the day regarding the Challenger Seven disaster, the um, explosion, and he says, uh-huh, uh-huh. "Yeah, he's, it, it was a really good speech." Um, well, you wouldn't really call it a speech, but he he said, the, like the final few words he said is, um, ah, "We wish we wish them well on their way as they something something something," and then he says and slipped the surly bonds of earth to touch the face of God. And I thought that was a really interesting phrase. Um, and I, yeah, very I said that to music as well. But th- th- that's really uh-huh. old. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to talk about those. Uh, I actually brought it up just because it's one of the... Uh, I think it's like it's the only other thing you have on your albums on SoundCloud besides uh, the thir- 10, 20, 30. I tend to release things as uh, like individually. I, I haven't uh-huh. done album stuff for a long time now. Maybe I should. Um, I see. Okay. Yeah, my last kind of... Let's have a look. I haven't even looked at my SoundCloud. There we are. Let's zoom over. Um, yeah, <laughs> so... My last kind of release, which was for myself, was released... Uh, oh, my God. Two years ago already? Um, it's, called, <laughs> it's called SVL. Um, and I did that just before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Which, re- like, I was... I did... I was so not creative over the pandemic. I did almost nothing. It, it completely, it like sucks away my creativity. And, and the, the fact that um, Joel emailed me when he did was actually really, really good in kind of making me restart composition. I see. So it came at an excellent time. And, you know, he's a really big part of why I'm still, you know, writing. Because at the time I was going through this whole like, oh, is, is this what I want to do? Why am I so unmotivated? But then suddenly I had something to write for. Um, and it kind of, you know, put some more coal on the fire. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, interesting. Well, that's nice. Definitely got you to make some interesting stuff. Actually, this is something I've kinda, I kind of want to talk to you about. Um, you mentioned this, we like uh, briefly mentioned this way earlier, but I wanted to ask, how do you feel about these really specific subgenres of music, like weird core, internet core, uh, po- the classical post-minimalism. How do you feel about that sort of stuff? <laughs> well, what even is weird core? What is internet core? If, you, if you've got a bunch of people to sit down and ask them to define exactly what it was, I'd be very surprised if they all gave the same answer. I think people just want to put um, labels on things. They want to find music that's maybe similar to mine or... Because there are there are two other... No, three other composers on the Enid Project. There's Metarum. And there's Graham Cartner, and then there's uh, Tessie. And our music is similar enough to sort of... I mean, it's it's not the same at all, but it, it could potentially fit under a sort of similar-ish umbrella. And people might want to find music that's similar to all of that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, they come up with this term, um, weird core. And so I, on one hand, I'm like, well, what do you mean? What is it? What is internet core? What is that? But on the other, you know, people are just looking for a way to sort of define something. And I, it, it doesn't harm me in any way. So I say go for it. I, I don't really I don't really know how to feel. It's, it's, it's interesting to me, though, to see... Um, to see my stuff labeled as weird core. I, I, at first I was like, weird core? What do you mean? But now I'm just like, yeah, sure. <laughs> fine. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. This is honestly a topic I find really interesting personally, because, like, it seems like, I don't know, I, I spend a lot of time on YouTube listening to those, like, 
Uh, especially when I'm like writing something. Uh, writing is my main form of creativity. When I'm writing something, I want to give it a specific mood. Mm-hmm. I'll usually look up like playlists on YouTube or wherever to get that that like, kind of match that mood or make my own. Yeah. And like those weird core playlists that you find, <laughs> um, they like. I feel like I listen to it, and it just it feels like less of a of a style of music and more of a a vibe, like a mood. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. If that makes sense. Defining, and, uh, defining genre by how it makes you feel rather than what the music is. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, like, if you were to say, like, what genre it is, I'd say most of it probably just falls under, like, electronic. Yeah. Which is just a terrible label at this point, <laughs> honestly. Like, just uh, just such a non-specific thing. But um, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think it makes sense. I, I feel like it's... I'm, I'm kind of talking on my ass here, but I think this is just a really interesting topic. And I do think about it a lot. Um, I feel like it's less the kind of label you'd like go on Spotify and look up weird core and it would label music as weird core, even though it apparently does do that. It also labels it as dream SMP genre. So Spotify doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Wait, the genres, wait, it, at least. It, it, it lists what? Dream, what? Oh, do you not know about this? Oh my God. Do you know what the dream SMP is? Uh, the, the Minecraft YouTuber. Yeah, yeah, the the it's a big Minecraft server. It has like a whole story and stuff to it. I a lot of my guests have been from loop. that. I am out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> completely fair, completely fair. It's like um, it's like a Minecraft roleplay server. I've had multiple guests on who are involved in it, not directly, but like who make stuff based off of it. And I am personally a fan of it. Um, but it's like a big Minecraft server that Dream made just to play with his friends, and then Wilbur Sagana he started roleplaying, and then it just they started writing a script and it just evolved into this huge, really interesting story. And so it inspired so much like fan content. Um, like from, for example, from uh, music from people like Moderately Mediocre, which you guys should go check out uh, their interview and also his music because it's pretty good. Um, and uh, there's honestly so much of it now that Spotify labels Dream SMP as a different genre in like the recaps. It'll be like uh, your most listened to genres. Dream SMP can be one of them. <laughs> and genres can just be born from such, you know, unexpected places. So, yeah, I don't know if, like, I don't know if I'd say that really makes any sense, honestly. At least not as much sense as Weirdcore, maybe, but <laughs> it's not that far off. Well, the fact that it exists at all, um, and the fact that it can, you know, you know, be created from a, from a fandom like that, um... Right, right. I mean, what? It's more of a category than a genre, right? <laughs> or is that just what a genre is in general? God, you're asking, I, nah, you're like asking, the, hard, you're asking the hard questions. I, <laughs> I don't feel prepared, <laughs> prepared to even answer that. Man. God, yeah, Good this question. is this is something I've, I've just think about and I've never talked about before. <laughs> yeah, is it? Is it a style or a category man <laughs> this might be a conversation to come to at another time this could and be its own 10, like hour-long topic word thesis uh i should explore <laughs> these themes yeah that's like phd level I'm, you could you could dedicate your whole life to that question oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> all right well Maybe maybe we'll come. I'll come back to that in a special episode someday because I do want to talk about this. But sure. that's we're getting a little bit too far from the topic of this episode. That's all right. That's fine. <laughs> it, it's interesting, at least. Think about that, people. Tell me what you think in the comments, honestly, because I am super curious. 
Smash that like button. Yeah, do that too. Be do part that of the too. notification squad. Yeah. <laughs> Buy my merch. Buy it all. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any. Like, comment, subscribe, please. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any merch yet. <laughs> go, go listen to Oliver Buckland on SoundCloud and Spotify. Rate this podcast five listen stars on Apple Podcasts. Listen whilst you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Can I please uh, please leave both this podcast and Oliver Buckland's music running while you're sleeping. Just like you can mute it. Just at like the, leave it going so we get money. Both of them at the same time only. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, other. you can put Spotify on in the background. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not sure where, the, where that came from. It was just like, whoa, rush of energy. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question. I forgot I wrote this one down. I like. I think I wrote this one down just like when I woke up this morning. Uh, came to me in a dream. Um, what would you say is the core piece of any song? Ah, what? Oh my god. <laughs> core, um, I was like, he's gonna, he's gonna have a fun time with this one. Oh, bloody hell! Yeah, it's you're. You're asking such difficult questions. It's like stuff that should be easy when you hear it, and then you're like, oh, but what if? I, every, I mean, there's so many different types of music and, and you know, they, they can have loads of different functions. Um, if you put a gun to my head and said, come up with an answer, I'd say how it makes you feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean I'm right, but um, that's just kind of probably the most important thing for me is how something makes you feel. Um, I agree, the, I agree. The methods of construction might be different every time, um, but overall, the, the final experience is that a listener is hearing what you've made and, um, you know, they're having some sort of response to that. And that, to me, is the most important part, rather than... I, I think, you know, how the piece is made is secondary. Uh-huh. Okay, I actually said I'm, my answer is the exact same thing. I think the emotion, the mood of a piece, what how it what it leaves you with, that's yeah. always the most important thing. And any piece can have something to it, even if it's a if it's a simple emotion like happiness or sadness or something much more complex like relaxation or being yeah. a bittersweet feeling. Yeah, so sort of nostalgia, all sorts of things. Yeah, and that also influ- influences why you listen to a piece. Like, obviously, you're not going to go on lo-fi hip-hop radio and listen to a song that uh, makes you want to jump out of your seat and start doing push-ups on the floor, you know? <laughs> yes, I <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to... I like music. I'm a big music nerd. I'm... I'm like forcing myself not to go on these weird tangents about this like oh, weird ahead. minor no, things on it. music. Do it. <laughs> I might save it for another time. Honestly, honestly, I uh, maybe mm, I'll probably take this out. But if you're interested, I would kind of love to do an extra episode of like create stuff where I specifically bring on the people who ma- have made music that I've had on as guests to talk about this sort of stuff with. Yes, I think you might find it interesting to sort of see where we agree, where we disagree. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Sounds fun. Cool. I mean, I'll, I'll co- that's a separate thing. I'll contact you about that separately. And of course, I'll take that out uh, in case it doesn't, you know, whatever. But um, 
anyways, Sean's back to gonna you. take this out, <laughs> take it out of the episode. I'm giving you more stuff to edit out, giving you more work. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! You can't stop me! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, why are you like this? <laughs> I swear, all my guests, though, let me tell you. You, you reminded me of Randum and I right now. He literally, during the podcast, I was at my home recording it. My dog started barking. I went, oh, sorry. That's just my dog. So I'll take that out. He says, no, no, let's listen. And he forces me to leave it in. Just us silently listening to my dogs barking in the background. <laughs> Beautiful. Good God. Yeah, you know, real Beautiful. good content right there. This is, this oh, is yeah, what very you came for, listeners. You Listening to the you know, unedited, straight from the source crap that <laughs> spews forth <clears throat> spews forth from my mouth that was a voice crack and a half my god <clears throat> anyway <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm gonna have fun editing that <laughs> okay oh. moving on moving on um, we're nearing the end I think but I do have a few other things I want to ask you about okay yes have you worked on soundtracks for anything else yes um, I have. Um, what can you tell me? Wh- only one of them I can talk about um, because it's out already, and it's it was just a it was a, a short film done by some very talented animators in uh, Canada from Sheridan College. Um, yeah, just they just reached out out of nowhere, just saying, "Hey, we're working on a on our end of year uh, project." It's a um, short animation. Would you be interested in doing the music? And this was um, when was this? This was in kind of late March twenty twenty one. Had to really think about that over the pandemic. Time was meaningless, man. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I, I just kind of was like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's just do it. And that was. That was uniquely challenging in that I was writing kind of outside of my usual style um, and it felt like something that's a lot more, um, it's like more typical, more typical um, composition, like film composition. Um, I'll just, I'll I'll forward it over. I don't know. There we are. Maybe you can link that in. Um, Yeah, I'll put that in the the, uh, description. And so I went for... uh, this one was really difficult I, and really, really complicated to make because I wanted every sound to kind of um, mimic what's happening on screen. Um, they call it Mickey Mousing because it's a, uh-huh. it's a cutesy animation and that sort of style, I think, fits the um, fits the screen. Um, and again, I was largely led by trying to make... Um, trying to... Trying to emphasise what's happening on screen, um, but also be funny and you know thematically appropriate so um this the, this angel in this animation um you know she wants to she wants to help but ends up you know screwing everything up um is all i'll say i don't want to spoil it all but um <laughs> but the music is uh it's, it's all almost all real instruments but sampled um which is it's quite difficult to work with sampled instruments and real instruments. No, let me let me rephrase that. It's harder to work with sampled instruments making it sound real because there's <laughs> there's so much detail to live performance um, that you can't get through pre-recorded um, samples of of, of of instruments. 
So this was really, really challenging. Um, but I kind of picked it up for the challenge. Um, and that was super fun. The second thing I'm working on is not like it's not out yet and it's still kind of in progress. Um, but uh, you, you may see it in the near future. Ooh, okay. How exciting. Um, but main, the, my main composition project at the moment is um, uh, Dream Barbecue. Or Dream BBQ. Ooh. I don't know how to... So I, I don't know whether... <laughs> because we haven't decided if BBQ means barbecue yet. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a, it's a bit of a... Yeah. <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, like, I'm... It's, I'm writing quite a lot of that, um, and I'm not very far through right now. And because it's a game, um, I want to kind of see if I can write music that's not just play this loop in this area and play that loop when you're in that area. I, I kind of would oh. like to make it more interactive. Um, whether or not I'll succeed well, we shall find out. But uh, that's, that's like a challenge. It is, it is, especially for somebody who's not hugely confident with, you know, audio programming and all that. But um, I guess uh, when the game is out, um, you'll know how successful I was with that. Awesome. Super excited to see it. Where are you guys in uh, in development right now? Am I am I allowed to ask you that? Uh, yeah, are you allowed suddenly, to you're suddenly allowed to. I mean, <laughs> we're not under any NDAs. <laughs> it's just we're under a sort of a moral NDA, so we keep it under wraps. Um, right, right. You know, fair enough. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Don't if you if you say something now and like later on know. you're like I. It's very hard to know okay. where we are, but um, good progress is being made. We're suddenly not doing nothing. Loads of stuff has been done already. Um, some really talented people um, working on the team and then here I am like oh I don't know how to write the music for this section oh. and then some person's like oh yeah I just did all the art for this area in a day I'm like oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah they're super super nice on the team really really cool people awesome alright super excited for that I cannot wait I love I love Ina super good I hope we can deliver something good. I think it will be. Um, it'll certainly be... Nah, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything anymore. <laughs> okay, okay. Understandable, understandable. I'm sure it'll be interesting no matter what. It's, it'll, I, I guarantee it will be interesting. <laughs> that I, I, okay. I can guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one more small little question before I ask the final question. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> Uh, what's it like to do music commissions? Because, you know, like, art or writing commissions, that seems pretty straightforward, but music commissions is a little bit different. What, what kind of, what do you do when, what, how does that work? So, I haven't actually done that many, well, I've done, what, five? Five, six? Mm -hmm. oh, I can't even remember. I mean, if we count Joel's stuff as one, I think we're at five currently, um, and with a few potential others on in the future um depends from person to person as would be the case with with any sort of commission for any artist it's important to um know how quickly you write know um kind of what styles you're able to hit um and kind of how much work you can do within a certain budget so far everyone i've worked with has been you know 
lovely. Um, really, really fine. I've been quite lucky with the commissions I've had. Um, and I try and only pick up stuff that's, that I think, one, that I can do, and two, that's interesting. Because I think if, you're, if it's not interesting, um, you're not motivated to do it. Right, right. And luckily, almost everything um, is, is, like, super interesting. My only problem is, like, if I'm not happy with, with, with like... Because the, the latest thing I've done, I had to redo four times. Because I was like, no, this isn't right. This Ooh. isn't right. This isn't right. <laughs> and that's my problem. Um, <laughs> but at least the final result, I'm, I'm a bit more pleased with. So that's, that's just a thing along the way. I, I think I'll get better at that in the future. But, um, you know, I want to make sure that um, the work that I create is above a certain... Like level of quality, and that can be quite difficult to do consistently. I imagine. Okay, super cool. Uh, I can, I honestly imagine people uh, who are commissioning you specifically probably know what they're like, what they're looking for, the kind of sound that they're looking for. <laughs> well, uh, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> not necessarily. Usually, for for the occasions when they're not sure, um, you know, I'll do a couple quick sketches and be like, do you want it more like this or more like that? And it's, it's fine not to know. Um, but it's worse to kind of be like, Oh, I'll just do whatever and make this whole piece. And then I'll decide it's better to kind of like create some sketches. Ugh. And well, because you know, people who like, I don't know what I want actually means I do have invisible kind of preferences but those won't become apparent to me until you've created something and, and only once you've created something will i kind of know whether something's right or wrong right when you've already put in the work what are my neighbors doing god so <laughs> it's like an elephant above me my god um well you're gonna hear a lot of lovely ambient sound in the background of my recording <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, a few sketches, they'll be like, yeah, I like that one for this reason, or no, let's, I kind of want to go for more this vibe, can you maybe put this sound in and that sound in? But that's never really been too much of a problem, and I think, I think I, I'm not too worried about that in the future, I mean, I, I quite like that approach of just, you know, a few crappy sketches, they pick their favourite one, then I'll expand on that sketch, and kind of, along the process, I'll show them, you know, what I'm working on, and they'll be like, yep, 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 nope, 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 okay, let's change that, good. Done. It's relatively quick, but occasionally I'm like, no, I need to change it. <laughs> I hope. Okay, I hope interesting. That very, interesting. very not concise answer helped. <laughs> no worries, no worries. I totally get it. Uh, okay, well, uh, I think we're about at the end point here. I have just one last question for you. This is what I ask to every guest at the end of the podcast. Okay. Um, I can hear you mentally preparing yourself. <laughs> oh um, God, what's it gonna be? So, okay. If you, what is one piece of advice you have for uh, for the creators out there? It can be just any creator in general, or like specifically for music or whatever you want to do. What's one piece of advice you got? Listen to a lot. Try and have a lot of life experiences to you know inform you better. You can learn a lot through play. I think that's that's quite an important thing for me. Mm -hmm. And also, like, having... Just lean into what it is that you do best and try and make stuff that's uniquely your own. How about that? There we are. That's my advice. Perfect. Super good advice. C could not agree more. Hurrah.
Okay. I think uh, I think we're right about it at the end. Did you just to make sure? Was there anything else you wanted to talk about, or anything else you want to say before we're done here? I was going to make a really terrible joke there about NFTs. No. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. <laughs> okay. Please cut that out. Oh my god. <laughs> my brain is terrible. It's like, what's the worst thing I could say here? <laughs> <laughs> you could have chosen much worse. <laughs> I I really could have done my word. <laughs> oh, so anything else? Um, you're good. Oh, somebody came into the room. Um, we have How there's like a there's a, <laughs> there's like a thing that you put on the window door. That's like it says on air on it, you know. But it's such a it's such a bother to take on and off that it's just always on. So it means nothing anymore. And also the light turns off automatically <laughs> if it doesn't detect movement. So it just looks like there's no one in here because you can't see me because the on air thing is blocking it. So it's just a horrible mess. So have, it's horrible. It's so do you dumb. Have to flail around to sort of turn the light. <laughs> I, I can flail around, but it doesn't even work. I have to get up and start moving my body. It's the worst. I sit down here like five minutes in. The lights are already off. <laughs> I've been sitting in darkness this whole time. <laughs> there is light coming in from the windows. So it's not oh. total darkness, but it's dark enough that you... It looks like the room is empty. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> but anyways, I think, we're, I think we're all good and done here. Thank you so much for coming on, Oliver. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm sure I missed a million and one things and you know <laughs> didn't use the right terms here and there, but whatever. I, ah, I really did not prepare. <laughs> this is just me like just rocking up. That's okay, that's okay. Winging I also it. did not give you the questions, so that really did not help, honestly. Just blind blind. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have done that. Well, it was it was an honest reaction and mostly realizing <laughs> how little I actually know. Man. That could be interesting in itself. God, yeah, that's a it's a common feeling. Just like, man, I know nothing. I feel like I'm just bumbling about, just kind of getting it done, and just <laughs> hoping no one notices. <laughs> well, I think there's something kind of interesting about knowing that you don't know something, because then that just means you got something new to learn in the future. Oh, that is that is a that is a good way to look at it. A very positive. Yeah. One. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I think that's where we'll go ahead and end things. Thank all you right, all so much for... Uh... <laughs> okay, nice and good. <laughs> what? Thank you I'm all. Sorry, I... Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize what you were doing. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Did I'll you... shut up. I'll shut up. I'll be quiet. I'll say nothing. <laughs> hey, hang on. If I keep talking, you can't end the podcast. No. <laughs> you're trapped. <laughs> oh, my God. This is going to be two hours long. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. It was, Oliver, it was great to have you. Where, where can people find you? You can find me uh, just... You can find me on YouTube under my name, Oliver Buckland, that's B-U-C-K-L-A-N-D. You can find me on SoundCloud on the same name, Spotify, Apple Music, I think Amazon Music, I think even like Napster even. I'm I'm around. You'll find me on Twitter under at Bucklandibus, which is B-U-C-K-L-A-N-D-I-B-U-S. I look, I'm around. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and I will see you guys next time. Oh, everything mentioned is, of course, linked in the description. Definitely go check it out. Very good music. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you. 
Hey, uh, thanks for watching the 16th episode of the Create Stuff Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Saxum, and this is the outro. I don't know why, it, that's probably pretty obvious. It's not like there's about, it, this is about to be like the second half of the interview or something. I think it was pretty clear that it was over. Um, I really hope you enjoyed it. This one was really fun. It was really cool getting to talk to Oliver. I, I really love Ina, and, but the music in it, like, Honestly, I think the music is just just amazing. I, I love Oliver Buckland's music. Even just I found him from Ina and like those those internet core playlists, but I listened to the rest of his stuff and it just it's so interesting to me. It was really cool to get to talk to him about it. And I'm really hoping I get to talk to him about this kind of stuff again sometime in the future, perhaps in an extra episode. We'll see about that. Uh that'll come eventually. But uh yeah, thank you all for watching. It's it's uh very cool of you. Um if you <laughs> if you haven't yet, leave a like, comment, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you're on Spotify, leave a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating. And if you're somewhere else, do the thing that you do on that platform, you can figure it out. Uh seriously, that stuff helps so much more than you could ever know. Um it really helps with the algorithm and everything. Uh yeah. Oh, also, Patreon. You should uh, support that. Even just a dollar a month seriously helps so much. With the schedule I'm trying to do with these, like uh, a podcast episode coming out every Wednesday, it's a little bit tough, especially with college going on. But I really want to keep it going because I want to keep providing you guys with constant content at like a, a fairly even rate, pace, you know? Um, it's something I really want to try and keep going. So if you're if you're willing to help support me, seriously, that, that money helps. I, I really want to pay an editor to edit episodes occasionally, even if it's not always. Like, even if I don't have an editor always working on SVP Alders and Almost or something, seriously, just having the option to be able to go to an editor and be like, hey, I I won't be able to get the edit. I, I need some help. You know, I, I need to, I, I don't have enough time. Could you edit this episode? I'll pay you. Obviously, <laughs> paying people is a thing you need to do in this space, believe it or not. So, yeah, uh, that helps a lot. This is the part of the podcast where I recommend three things that uh, my friends are making that I think are cool. Not even necessarily my friends, just people that I, the things I think that are cool that aren't getting the attention they deserve, perhaps. Or perhaps they are getting the attention they deserve, but they deserve even more of it. Whatever the case is. First one, Court Jester, vocal cover by Moderately Mediocre. So incredibly good. Oh my god. I actually got... I, I convinced Moderately Mediocre to do this in a voice call, I think. Uh, it might have been over text, but I convinced them to do it. And it came out so, so good. They, they did an incredible vocal cover of, of, a, of a... What do you call it? A Vocaloid song? And, like, the non-Vocaloid voice. And it sounds so good, honestly. Like, it's, it's by far my favorite version of the song. They did an incredible cover. The link is in the description. Even if you haven't heard the original song, seriously, go check it out. It's so, so good. Also, Moderately Mediocre isn't that far from 10k subscribers, so go subscribe to them. So you can see they're very awesome music. I know they have some really cool stuff in the works. I'm very excited to see it. Second thing, um, you may have just recently noticed that I had Dr. Gears on this podcast, right? Well, Dr. Gears also made an appearance on Discovering SCP. I mentioned them in the past, but seriously, go check out that episode if you liked my interview with Dr. Gears. It was, it, it's honestly my favorite episode of Discovering SCP, I think. It was, it was really fun, and they called me a dweeb in it, so uh, I'll never forgive them for that. But it was a really fun podcast. <laughs> I definitely go check that out. Link is in the description. I know I recommend discovering SCP a lot, but yeah, I wanted to talk, I wanted to mention them this time because one of my guests is there doing the thing. You know, go go watch it. Also, watch the fifteenth episode of Create Stuff where I interviewed Doctor Gears. Oh, and here's two things for my last for the third point. The SCP space has some really cool authors in it. Actually, no, here's three. Here's three really cool uh, artists in the SCP space. Corgo, Wendigo, and Zalcrypted on Twitter are all really cool artists. They do mostly SCP stuff, but not all SCP stuff. I really enjoy their, their art, though. It's just incredibly good. Link is in the description to all three of those. Go check them out. Give them some support. 
Uh, that'll be about it, except I will quickly mention the people who have subscribed to me on Patreon and thank them for their Patreon. Pa- pa- wow. Pat- patronage. I was at Patri- Patreonage. Thank you so much to Sammy Sue, of course, as always. Seriously, thank you so much, Sam. You're they're, they're so incredibly supportive at all times. And also, Jack Mockery, who just joined. Thank you so much, Jack. I appreciate that a ton. He will be showing up in an episode of SCP Authors and almost very, very soon. Oh, can't wait. All right. Thank you guys all so much for watching. I'll see you guys next week for an episode of SCP Authors Anomalous featuring Dr. Gears and Dr. Clef on the same podcast in the same space. I, I'm i I'm still reeling for the fact that I actually managed to get them together for that, but uh, that, that's a thing. That's going to happen. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Oh, oh, I should also mention, there is a chance, I'm not 100% sure about this, I'm going to try and get an episode ready for it, but there is a chance there will be no episode this upcoming Wednesday, not this upcoming Wednesday, next, the Wednesday after this upcoming Wednesday on the 23rd, because that will be during my spring break and I'm not bringing my computer home, which is what I use to edit these. I'm going to try and prepare one in advance, but I'm really not sure if I'll have time for it, and I'm also not super interested in overstressing myself during exam week, despite the fact that I really, my exams aren't that bad. I could probably do it, but, you know, I, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna hurt myself over it if i can't um so there's there's your warning might not be one uh, the wednesday after next wednesday but uh hopefully there will be okay bye bye everybody